All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Off Beat Podcast, man, where we have real, authentic conversations, man. And today's episode, I'm excited. I'm so excited, man. We have a special guest all the way from North Hollywood. Hollywood, not North Hollywood. Okay, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood's in the house, man. And and it's an honor for me to have you here. Chris, Yeah. how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm excited to be on this podcast and we were able to talk a little bit and, yeah. and just what it's all about, you know, and I, I think just spreading the word of what, what we're trying to do and, and spreading the message to the masses. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I thank you so much, man, for agreeing to be able to come on here. It really is an honor for me, man, to thank have you, you here. And, no, I appreciate and, it. And um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Chris. Yeah, man. So I'm a California born and raised. Um, I grew up in the Valley, San Fernando Valley in LA. Okay. And... I grew up playing sports, uh, joined the military at age 18, went off. I needed that structure in my life. I got it, <laughs> yeah. um, came back, and, you know, I was always always interested in being an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what, where that entrepreneurship was going to yeah. lead me, you know? Yeah, and, like what was that niche? Yeah, and, and I love fitness. Um, it was just a great opportunity for me. I was a personal trainer for a while. Uh, my wife and I, we bought into self-made training facility. We own our um, franchise in Hollywood. And that's dope. That's just opened up so many opportunities for us, but also not just like the monetization of it, but actually helping coaches grow their businesses and helping them on their journey of entrepreneurship. That's cool. That's cool, man. And going back a little bit to to where you grew up, so you're California raised right there in the San Fernando Valley. Yep. And uh, tell us a little bit about your parents. Yeah, so my uh, my parents, I uh, believe it or not, I'm full Hispanic. Let's go. <laughs> um, so my dad is um, from Mexico, from Jalisco, and my Paisanos mom, right there. Yeah. Right? I Michoacan, Jalisco, and right next to each other. My mom is second generation. She is uh, my my grandparents are from Cuba. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so Mexican Cuban. Yep. Let's yeah. go. So, All right. Yeah, it's a great culture. I love the culture. You know, loud, loud families, big, big get-togethers. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's it, it's awesome. You know, it was gave me a lot of lot of insight to who I was and yeah, kind of the background of to what my parents went through to get to the point that they're at. You know, yeah. And what kind of things were that? Um, I just think seeing the the work ethic. My my father came came to the states when he was twenty one, was able to build a very successful life for himself, and then I was very fortunate to you know, have the opportunities that he gave me. But yeah. um, like we talked about, it's always people say you're lucky. Um, in a sense, I say I had an opportunity. I just yeah. took advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I saw the work ethic that he put into his businesses and I'm just trying to emulate that and yeah. put it into my life. A hundred percent, man. And, and and I know you shared a little bit. He said he he came down here with $200 in his pocket. Yeah, broke. Broke, man. And and that's so that's the one thing that I love so much about, um, you know, I, I come from an uh, immigrant family as well. My dad, too, man, he came when he was about 17 years old. Yeah. You know, he came from Michoacan. And and like you said, they came with one thing in mind, not uh, am I going to get lucky? Not if you know what's going to happen. They said, you know what? There's an opportunity. I'm going to take it. Yeah. I'm going to take it and I'm going to work hard at it. And um, 
what was uh, so that growing up, man, and seeing that in your dad, seeing that work ethic in your dad, what did that do to you as a kid? Because I know growing up in LA, man, growing up in San Fernando Valley, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, what was this like? Nineties, right? Eighties, nineties. So I'm I'm 31. I'm a nineties baby. Yeah, nineties so. baby, man. So that was like the that was like the prime of you know gangs and yeah. all that stuff, right in that area. So what kind of kept you from that? Man, I was a. Uh... I always wanted to go on a on a good path. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough. My parents sent me to good schools, um, and I, I just think they they taught me to to rock with the people that are actually going to help you in life, not not bring you down. You know, yeah. and, and there's nothing wrong with the people that are doing what they're doing. Yeah, I just think that they they've been exposed to something that they had no control over, you know, maybe getting into yeah. gangs at a young age, running in the streets, yeah. um, no parental guidance, yeah. no, no older people in their lives to be like, Hey, you know, you probably shouldn't do this. You should try to go down a different path. But yeah. in that sense, it really gave me just a broad side of like, Hey, what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be yeah. as a man. That's cool. And your parents really spoke that into you. They 100%. really structured that. And that's all cool, man. And because that's, we need more. We need more of that. You know, yeah. I think that that's one thing that's being bashed on a lot. Where we're we're giving children a lot of liberty, you know, and we're not letting them know that hey, there's a responsibility to the choices that we make. Hundred percent. And I think we need to. I I always speak on that. You know that. You know, because um, I've I've had you know both sides of of the spectrum come onto this podcast where people that can had you know, mommy, daddy issues that, you know, growing up, I myself, you know, I was in that category, you know, even though I had both parents, you know what I mean? But a lot of areas were neglected in my life, you know, and I ended up choosing a different path, you know, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't believe in structure, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, because certain things were done to me or certain things I saw, I was, I saw certain things growing up automatically means that, you know, with my kids, you know, I'm going to loosen that end of, no, like we, we need more structure. We yeah. need people to like our parents to really take on that role and say, no, like, you know what, really provide that guidance for us. You agree? Yeah. I mean, I, I think some people may disagree, but I, I truly think, um, kids nowadays are a little too soft. You know, you, you yeah. need that tough love, you know, that, Tough love to a certain extent. Obviously, yeah. you know, I think that being too soft in this world can can harm you. You know, yeah. I, I think if you're too sensitive, if you're too worried about what other people are going to think, yeah. um, you're really driving your life on what other people want you to be instead yeah. of really being true to who you are and yeah. and being hard. You know, yeah. I, I think today's society is, is, in my opinion, a little too sensitive, you know, yeah. in that aspect, I think life's not fair. Life's not easy. Life's yeah. not always going to be politically correct or emotionally correct. You correct. know, life's, it's going to happen to you no yeah. matter what. It's like we talked about is, is it going to happen to you or is it going to happen for you? Right. When it's happening for you, you take those lessons and you say, okay, this happened to me because this is a lesson that I'm supposed to learn yeah. versus, man, why did this happen to me? Why did... Well, I didn't deserve this. You know, no yeah. one no one deserves hardship. Right. But it's gonna come come to you no matter what, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. No, a hundred percent, man. And yeah, and you're right, you know, we and I think that a lot of times we're not willing to go through pain. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we we associate pain and we talked about this um uh with one of my co hosts not too long ago where man, you know, the 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 world today, our culture today, man, they're they're afraid 
to go through pain because they relate pain to uh, discomfort, which it is. It's yeah. very uncomfortable to be in pain. But at the same time, they relate it to like, well, you know what? Um, that shouldn't happen to me. That doesn't have to happen yeah. to me, you know? And they try to isolate themselves from pain. But man, pain is what makes us. 100%. If if you if you never go through hardship in your life, you're never going to understand what it's going to be like to to go through a tough situation. Yeah. If you never go through a tough situation, life's going to be easy. Life, yeah. we're going to walk through life. Nothing, everything is going to go to plan. But we know nothing, nothing goes to plan. Nothing, man. We set plans in our head, yeah. but th- things are going to change. You know, you're going to get diverted. But yeah. it's do you come back to that path or do you stay going down that path that you were diverted on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It really tests it really tests our vision. It 100%. tests our purpose. You know, it man, we're we're tested daily. Yeah. Whether it be anything in life, you know, yeah. um, business, marriage, friendships, you know, we're tested business. Let's say business. Not everything's going to go the way you want it to, right? Yeah. But we have to figure out a way to get over that hurdle, go around the hurdle, and get back on our path. Yeah. Marriage. You know, I'm. <laughs> I just celebrated three years of marriage. My wife and I have been together for going on seven years. But is it always easy? No. But the thing is, are you willing to put in the work and willing to put in the the sacrifices that it makes to make that marriage work? And most people would rather just throw up the flag and say, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I talk about it all the time. I, my intention getting married was I'm going to die with you. You know, we're going to die together because I want to spend my whole life with you. And I want to, I want to build a life with you. You know, life's hard. It's going to throw, throw things at her. It's going to throw things at me. It's going to throw things at us. Yeah. How do we battle those things together as a unit versus, dealing with things individually, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that's and that's so, so cool that you grew up with that mindset. And I'm pretty sure sports played a big role into that, 100%, right? Yeah. You know, structured sports, man. That's why, I, I, me personally, man, like I love structured sports in youth because it really does uh, create a level of discipline within us, 100%. you know, and, and it really does prepare us. It really does prepare us for life because you got the coach aspect in there where a lot of times, like we talked a little bit right now, accountability, you know, nobody wants accountability. Nobody nope. wants to be accountable to no one. Nobody wants to be even accountable to the own decisions that they make. But I, I love structured sports, and I'm pretty sure the military. Oh, man. What branch did you go into? I was in the Coast Guard. Okay, you yeah. were in the Coast Guard. So how was that experience, man? Talk a little bit about that. It was a great experience. You know, I, I think at the time I was, uh, I'd say I was kind of misguided. I was 18. I was partying, yeah. living life, you know, living life how I thought it should be. Already gra- be graduated high school. Yeah, graduated high school, living live life, just having fun, yeah. having fun, right? <laughs> yeah. So in that sense, partying and, and getting getting drunk and all that, that was fun. Yeah. Now looking at it, I was like, I don't even drink too much now, you know? <laughs> like maybe I'll socially drink, have a drink yeah. with my with my friends when we go out to, to dinner, to lunch, whatever. Yeah. But versus getting completely hammered where yeah. you don't even remember versus having yeah. a drink and just sharing good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's and you know what? And that's something that I think we all I went through that. I went that at a too early of an age, man. Where, I mean I did too, but <laughs> too early of an age, man, where I would have those drunk blackout moments, you know. Oh, yeah. But a lot of times it was just because you know, when you have no, like you said, you were you were in that in that moment of your life where you just kind of didn't know what was going on, and I think that's what happens when we grow up, or we, 
or we're at a point of our life. Maybe it's not even how how we grew up, but we can reach a certain point of our life where, man, what's the purpose? Yeah. What's the point of 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 now this moment? Yeah. School is over for you. Yeah. High school was over for you. Now what? Are you living a party or what are you living for? You yeah. Know? I had the opportunity to go to college. It's just something I didn't necessarily, I wasn't fully involved in. I didn't know yeah. what I wanted to do. I didn't, I was, I was misguided. I, I had no idea what I yeah. was doing, you know? So I think the structure of the military really set me up for success, yeah. you know? And, and certain people can take it the way they want it. Yeah. You know, I, I joined the military. I, I probably ended up drinking more, <laughs> <laughs> but in that sense, it was fun because yeah. I was, I was still living my life. Yeah. But at a certain point it clicked in my head, like, do I need to be drinking this much? What am I, what am I hiding from? You yeah. Because I think people drink and, and get black out for a reason. You know, yeah. are you trying to hide some? Are you suppressing some emotions? Yeah. And just like we sp- spoke about, being able to talk about things, you yeah. know, like don't be afraid to talk, you know. Yeah. The emotional intelligence of being able to sit down and have a conversation with another male, with, an, with a female, with another couple. Yeah. To be vulnerable and to the right people. I'm not saying just yeah. go out on the street and just be vulnerable to anybody you yeah. see. Yeah. You know, but I think in, in being able to speak on things that that hurt that are that are not comfortable to speak about. Yeah. is very important or what you fear. Exactly. Right? Like and 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 I love what you said right now and, and maybe you can touch a little bit about that for our audience. Like what do you mean by having the emotional intelligence? I love that. Yeah, so let's just be real, you know, like we have a lot of emotions. Everybody has emotions, you know. Yeah. Some people look at me and they're like, oh, man, this dude's a hard dude. He's all tattooed up, yeah, this yeah. and that. We all have, have things that we deal with. We yeah. deal with stressors, depression, all this. But it's we all have a little bit of depression in us, right? Yeah. But how do you get around that? You know, Do you sulk in your depression? Do you say like, hey, I'm depressed? Yeah. If you're just saying it, you're not doing anything about it. Yeah. You know? Because sometimes it's, it's easier to relate to a label than to actually 100%. work and to get out of that label. And I think nowadays it's kids are so much, hey, I'm, I'm depressed. Yeah. I have anxiety. Well, well why? What, what's making you feel this way? Why do you have anxiety at the age of 15? What do you have to be anxious about? Yeah. You know, like I get it. Some kids are going through things at home and this and that, but yeah. they don't have an outlet to be able to speak about it. There it is. They're, the just, saying, they're just saying, Oh, I have anxiety. I have this. Let's yeah. go to the doctors and let's get you on some medication. That yeah. medication isn't going to fix your problem. It's going to mask your problem. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And and it's it's crazy that you say that right now because I recently just just watched a uh, we watched a, a documentary and I watched it with my wife um, about the Xanax. We watched it just that came too. out on Netflix. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it's crazy because you know I I remember I remember years. Years ago before, you know what I mean? Like before anxiety, depression became a big thing. And even before I started to to go to therapy for it myself, you know, um, before it was a label, before it was anything, you know, when they just started, you know what I mean? To really, you know, um, hand medication out to people to start coping with this. Too easy. It just became so easy. Here's your script. Figure it out. And a lot of people, and it's crazy in that series, like that, that, or in that documentary, like people were talking about that. They were saying like, you know what? I, and I admittedly, that's all I really wanted. Yeah. I just wanted to mask it. I just want to feel better. Yeah. Temporarily. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to talk about it. Like, uh, don't ask me about my childhood. Like, just write the script. Yeah. You know, because it, it really does become so easy for people to, 
to hide behind the label than to actually, you know, um, say, man, you know what? No, I'm going to put in the work to figure out why I am feeling this way. But that's emotional intelligence that I was talking about. Yeah. I think when you're a child, you're just like, I just want to feel better, right? So if a doctor, you look at doctors, you're like, oh, they're a doctor. Yeah. They've gone to school. Educated, yeah. They're going to give me something to help me. In reality, look deeper. Pharmaceuticals, they're getting paid to write scripts. Yep. These, these doctors are going to get bonuses for writing X amount of scripts, right? Yep. And we don't think about that as children, but now looking at it as an adult, I'm like, man, that's, it, yeah. it's an epidemic. It really you know? is. And, and the thing is, I was 12 years old. Mom took me to the doctors. Oh, yeah, your son has ADHD. Let's put him on some Adderall. Came home. My dad was like, why are you going to put him on Adderall? Well, he's hyper. He can't sit still in class. <laughs> my dad looked at my mom. He said, you just explained a 12-year-old child. Exactly. A, a ki kids are hyper. It's how do you hone them in to understanding the subject or the topic yeah. you're, you're speaking about? And I think I'm not knocking the 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 system, the school system, but most teachers are just like, this is, this is how I'm going to deliver it. And that's it. Yeah. You have 25, 30, 40 kids in a class. Yeah. How are you going to deliver it to every single one of them in a way that they understand it versus just saying, go to tutoring, they'll help you out. Exactly. You hit the head on the nail right there, man, because I actually, we, we actually had a situation like that not too long ago. And, and, you know, and, um, my son, he's seven years old, yeah. my son, and he's very energetic. I got him in sports right kid. now and everything. He's, he's a, a kid. kid. Yeah. He's a kid. And I look back at how I was, and I was like, man, you know what? Like, he's good compared yeah. to how I was. Man, so, he's probably a yeah. lot better than both of us <laughs> yeah, together, you Yeah, know? so I was like, you know what? The, the teacher kind of like, you know, uh, discussed in the parent-teacher conference that I guess, you know, he's like, hey, you know what? Like, he... He, he's good. He's everything is great. You know what I mean? He's learning everything, but his his test taking, his test taking, he doesn't stay still enough yeah. to beat. And I'm like, you know, as a parent, like I could have been like, no, no, you need to be better. But I was like, bro, like, yeah, that's OK. I I know how my son is. You know what I mean? And, and I can't expect him to be the same test taker like. 20, 30 other kids, you know, he is the way that he is, you know, and, 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 and honestly, man, like I really, I do believe that that's the problem with our yeah. education system is that we try to cater, you know, to, to the kids as like, you know, it's not so much that we have to cater to them and, and they shouldn't, that, you know, that they shouldn't, um, you know, expect to work hard at what they're doing. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that you know, you can't expect every single child to learn the same way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when they don't learn the same way, you categorize them. You label them. Oh, they have this wrong. They exactly. have this wrong. Give them this medication. Yeah. Versus going to the problem, like what you did, why are you not doing well on tests? What is it about tests specifically that gets you flustered, that gets you yeah. antsy? What, what is it? Find that problem. Yeah. And then address that issue. Exactly. Because if he's doing well in school, he's retaining the information, he just gets paused up on tests. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to take tests. You I know? hate like, tests, man. You know? And that was me. I was, I'm a horrible test taker. Yeah. Horrible test taker. I, I used to hate it. Yeah. But, and, and I got, you know, and it was crazy because like, you know, going in, in school when I was, when I was in school, man, you know, one of the things that I was good at was math. And being able to form an essay, yeah. I never read the books, yeah. but I can form a 
good essay, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, because that's the way that, you know, I'm a visual learner, 100%. you know, a visual learner. So I was able to visualize things, look at things and I could form something. But when it came to like sitting down one hour, two hours, three hours, yeah. oh man, like oh, I used yeah. to hate it. I think that I hated school. I hated it. I didn't understand why we were learning this stuff. Yeah. Hated math. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> Algebra, this and that. Now as an adult, I love math. Yeah. Because I understand why the numbers are being placed in this spot. You know, yeah. I, I love math because I always, resp- I look at it as like business, right? Yeah. It's math. Yeah. How do you, this amount of money equals this and then take your bills out and this yeah. and that. It makes sense to me now. Yeah. I think just like we we're saying, putting it in a form where it makes sense, makes sense. to them, you know, yeah. like math, I was like, well, it makes sense now. Yeah. Cause like there's tangible, a money aspect yeah. to it. My business needs to stay at floor, all yeah. these things. So it, it, I love math. Yeah. Like before I used to have to get a calculator out. Now I'm like, I sit there. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, this much, you know? <laughs> so, cause it makes sense to me, yeah. you know, but it's yeah. delivering the information to kids in a way that it makes sense. To yeah. Them. And I think that's what really also builds emotional intelligence because when you're able to communicate something to people and you're able to give them an outlet of saying, this is why it makes sense to open up. Yeah. This is why it makes sense to get through this. You know, there's an over, there's a, there's an end game to this. You know, you're feeling this way right now, but at the same time, you know, have the intelligence enough to where it's not about being smart. It's not about being intellectual. It's about you being able to see that what you're going through, there's something behind it, but there's also an end game to it. Well, it's temporary. Everything's temporary. temporary. Exactly. This feeling is temporary. Yeah. This, heartbreaks. Yeah, heartbreaks. As a kid, going through breakups. Oh, my life's over. No, it's not <laughs> over. You're just you're just emotionally going through something yeah. that your heart is telling your brain, like, oh, I need to be sad. Yeah. You know, but it's figuring out how to get around things and yeah. and and how do you get in a good place in your life, you know? Yeah. And having people in your life that are gonna want to make you better and that are gonna help make you better. Yeah. You know, i we've all had bad relationships, you know. Going into my marriage. In my meeting my wife, I was in the perfect state of mind because I didn't want a relationship. I was so just being myself, you yeah. know, but I was open to something. I, I didn't want something, but I, my, my mind was open. I didn't even know my mind was open. Yeah. But meeting her really said it and said like, oh, man, I, she's a good girl. I need, yeah. to, I need to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so by that time, though, like you had already... Like you said, you had already reached a point where it's like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to live this hardcore party life, no. you know. And you, you really made a decision. It sounds like you really made a decision to say, man, you know, I'm going to be more self conscious. I'm going to be more emotionally intelligent about things, you know. And I'm really going to start working on being wholesome myself. Hundred percent. Right? And I, and I think talking to people about, hey, like. It sounded easy, but it was really hard emotionally to go through those things. But when I went through those things, it taught me so much. Yeah. Now I look back, I'm like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. Because I battled those demons. I went through that time. Yeah. And now I'm I'm good. I still battle yeah. demons, but yeah. it's the face. It's the facade that you put on. What are some of the things that were very challenging for you when it came to that in that time, in that period of your life? I think just looking at my father and seeing how successful he was and just being like, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to get to this point? You know, kind of felt like you were in his shadow, not, not in his shadow, but in a sense, he was just such a hard worker and it it made me feel bad because I was like, man, I'm not working that hard. How do I work harder? You know, and you, you know, in the Hispanic culture, 
my dad didn't really say I love you. It's not like, like, hey, I love you, son. You know, like, yeah. I got that on my mom end, on my mom's end. You know, yeah. she's very loving and caring, and I, I love that, you know. But looking back on it, maybe when I was younger, I was like, man, my dad never told me I'm proud of yeah. you or I love you. Yeah. Looking back on it, I'm very grateful for the, the two aspects that I got in life because yeah. I get the emotional side from my mom yeah. and I get the ruthlessness from my dad, <laughs> you know. So I have a little combination of both. But in a sense, I think I'm a little bit more ruthless now because I understand now that I'm getting older, I'm understanding why he was the way he is. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it now, you know? And and talk about that because I think that even that in that sense, that ruthlessness, it can be looked at like, well, whoa, what do you mean ruthless? Talk about that. Like, what do you mean by saying, man, you know what? I'm ruthless in in my way of life now. I think you have to be ruthless in a certain aspect because at the end of the day, who are you really fighting for? Mm. Me right now, it's me and my wife. That is my, that's my family, right? So obviously I have my mom and my dad, but who is my family? Me and my wife. I have to make sure that she's taken care of and I have to make sure I'm taken care of. And then I have to set ourselves up so when we have children that they're going to be set up, you know? So in that sense... Ruthlessness is is a necessary evil that you need in your life because yeah. if you're not ruthless, you're going to get stepped on. And there's nothing wrong with being softer, but in a sense, you see those people get stepped on. And for me, I look at it, and I'm like, man, I feel bad because yeah. what they need is a push and saying, hey, look out for yourself, you know? like. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with people looking out for everybody, yeah. and I do look out for people, but at the end of the day... I have to come home with my wife. I have right. to make sure we have food. I have to make yeah. sure my wife is happy. I have to make sure that our life is running to a certain certain level so yeah. that I can give that emotion to other people so that I can give them some tidbits of what I'm going through and, yeah. and give them advice. It's kind of like that gentle lion. Exactly. You know, where it's like, you know, you're, you know, I, I love the lion. I even have a, a lion tattoo on me. Oh, there we go, man. Heck right yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, I got it right here, a little color uh, line, man. Is um, I love it because it, it what it symbolizes, what it represents, not just biblically, but even what it represents, you know, as, you know, the head of the pride, you know, like yeah. where it's like you see his gentleness, you know what I mean? But at the same time, if you mess or you pick or it's time to eat, yeah. you see the ruthlessness of oh, the yeah. line. You see the ambition of the lion. And that's what I love so much. And and that's why I wanted you to describe that. I wanted yeah. you to explain that because I think nowadays, you know, that took me a long time to to, to actually understand, yeah. Chris. Like, that took me so long, man, because, um, and I remember one time I we had that conversation with my wife and I and I told her, man, you know what? Because um, we've been we've been involved in different different things in our life, even um, in ministry, things like that, you know, and we've led teams and we've, you know, we've done, we've done things in, in, in our, in our walk, you know, but uh, one thing I had to like, really, I, I, we had a conversation and we're actually in, in, we're at an event over there in Burbank, I think. Yeah. And I remember where I pulled her to the side and I said, man, you know what? I've been neglecting my biggest teammate. Yeah. You know, I've been so focused on trying to build a team around me and say, to be able to say like, I've built this team around me that I've neglected the most important team member of my team, which yeah. is you. She'll go down with you. you know? Exactly. And it, we neglect to see that so much. In that sense, I, it, it may sound ruthless, but if it was you or me, I'm going to pick me because 
I know I have to come back to my wife. And mm-hmm. it's not not because I'm looking down on you. It's just yeah. because at the end of the day, I have to look out for myself. Yeah. No one else is going to look out for me like yeah. I look out for me or my wife looks out for me. Yeah. You know? Speaking about that, you know, when I, I met my wife two months later, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Man. So in that sense, I, I was ready to accept the fact that she didn't want to be with me because of what I was going through. Yeah. And I was, I was willing to accept that. But the thing that, that changed my perspective on it is she didn't leave my side. I was in the hospital for 12 days. She wow. left She left one day because I told her, I said, go home, take a shower and, and rest. Yeah. But in that sense, I told her in the hospital, I said, I'm going to marry you. And we were only together for about <laughs> three months at the time. Yeah. So in that sense, that really showed me that she cared about me and that she was really ready to rock with me no matter what was going on. She even had friends saying, yeah. like, you're really going to stay with him? He has cancer. You know? Yeah. And I don't I don't look down on those people. I mean, if I were to see them in the in the streets, I I would exchange some words. But you know, in that sense, I don't I don't blame them because I understand it's it's easier to run away from a problem than than go through it, you know. Yeah, because you and, and and because you were at peace with it. You, yeah, you you even said it yourself right now that you know what, it's it's a decision that probably if she would have taken, you probably would have been like, okay, I understand. I would have been hurt, but in in a sense, I would have understood because yeah. I'm bringing my problems into her. And at that point, we were only together for two and a half, three months. So you guys were together two and a half, three months. You met, you you were, you were in the, you know, you were in your honeymoon phase. In your really? honeymoon phase. I mean, you know, you, you know, like you said, you weren't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something you were directly after a relationship, but the opportunity came, you saw it, you fell in love, and then bam, you get the you get the news. How did that happen, man? How did that how did that affect you personally, man, to man, hear was, that? Hear those hear that. How did that start, first of all? How did it So it was rough, you know. I was I was just kind of feeling tired and you know, uh, yeah. my cousin was like, Hey man, go get your blood work done. Maybe your testosterone's low. Okay. I was like, all right, cool, maybe maybe that's what's going on. Got my blood work done and the doctor called me and said, like, Hey man. There's something wrong. And I said, well, low testosterone? Yeah, give me, give me a script. No, you have cancer. Literally, I, I'm sure you've, you've heard some news and your body just goes numb. My body went numb. I didn't know what to think. Where were you at the moment? I was at a gym. I was in the gym working out. It was crazy. Man. She was the first person I called. She was the first person. I didn't call my parents. I didn't call anybody yeah. else. I called her. You know, she got off of work right away, just left and came to support me and that support will never go unnoticed you know till the day I die I will still look at her and say you supported me in the worst time of my life you know and that's that's hard you know because at that moment I didn't know what was going to happen I didn't know if I was going to die I didn't know what was going to happen yeah but you're so young man. yeah you know it, it was a very it was a shock to the system but I think looking back on it it didn't happen to me it happened for me you know, explain that. Yeah. So in a sense, like my life was going, I was, I was going to be a police officer. So I was okay. about three weeks, maybe a month out from going to the academy at LAPD. Okay. And I was disqualified due to medical and that's fine. You know, I, I can, at that point I was really distraught. I, I, that's what I want to do. I want to be a police officer. I love to help people. Yeah. And that changed my life. That changed everything of what my path was going to be. So like we were talking about, are you going to hit that hurdle and just stay there? Or are you going to go around it? Are you going to go mm. over it? 
So my sense, I was like, hey, man, you know, let's let's figure this out and let's go through it. You know, I got my real estate license. My father had a real estate company for 36 years, you know. So in that sense, I was like, ah, I think this is something I'll enjoy. Started doing it. I I didn't not enjoy it, but it just wasn't fulfilling to me. Yeah. So long story short, I met um, the president of our company, Miguel Aguilar. Started talking. I'm on his real estate team till this day, but I said, hey you don't have a gym in LA. And he was like, yeah, we don't. Do you want to open one? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know, I think that sounds like a good idea. You know, and for me, I, I'm so sporadic. My wife, she, she knows I'm, I'm like a crackhead, <laughs> man. Like I, I hear something. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I'll yeah. figure out a way to do it. That's that, entre- that, that entrepreneur. Yeah. Idea. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll figure out a way. I don't know yeah. how the heck I'm going to do it, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, I came home. Hey babe, we're going to open a gym. She's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna open a gym. How? I don't know, but we'll figure it out. You know, I'll, I'll figure it out. So, yeah. <laughs> I think in that sense, it was just a, an opportunity into something that I love. I love health and fitness because I love helping people. I love seeing people change their life, not only mentally but physically. Yeah. Like physically, yeah, we want six packs and we yeah, want to be yeah. buff and all that. But how much can it help you, like, going through things that you, you're you battling? Yeah. You know? Fitness has helped me. It saved my life. The doctor, when I went into the hospital, she says, so what do you do? I'm a personal trainer. How, how many hours do you work? About 10 hours a day. Do you work out? Yeah, twice a day. How? What do you mean how? I just do it. She's like, well, according to your blood work, you should have been bedridden. That's how bad off my body was. She's like, I don't even know how you were getting up in the morning. Wow. But mentally, I was like, oh, it's just life. I'm tired. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm used to being tired. Let's keep going, you know? So it's crazy. She, she literally told me being in shape and being so active actually saved your life. Wow. So it did something. It yeah. did something there. And how long did you, how long did you have to treat for? So it was about a year of chemotherapy drugs and, and okay. going through it. And the thing that really got me was when I got my medication, the, the bottles every time, it had a skull and crossbones on it. And I'm like, man, yeah, like. that's what, that's, a, that's man, so trippy. You know? Yeah. So in that aspect, you know, I, it changed my life. You know, it changed my outlook on life. It, it's pretty sad because when I was in the cancer ward, I was, I was the youngest person there. Mm. Right? Had all these older folks, um, middle-aged people. Yeah. And I would see people. I was walking through the hallway trying to just stay active. Yeah. And I would see people, and they were in wheelchairs. Like, they looked like they were on death's doorstep. Yeah. And it really got to me because I was like, man, I'm lucky. I'm still walking. I'm still talking. I'm still – I don't lose my hair. I'm, I'm lucky. You know, so in that in that aspect, I changed my perspective to poor me to man. People have it a lot worse than I do, so yeah. let's be grateful for it. You know, yeah, and that's what goes back to like nobody desires hardships, man. No. I'm sure you didn't wake up that morning and say, "Hey, man, I hope the doctor calls me and yeah. gives me these bad news." I don't think anyone expects that, man. And but you know, when when that's why it's that's why we talked about earlier, man. It's so important that we understand that, man. You know. When we go through situations, especially when it, we have to experience pain in our life, that we really have a a, a a perspective of like, this isn't the end. Yeah. This isn't the end. As long as there's life, as long as we have um, air in our lungs, you know, and 
pain always does something where I, I feel that, you know, so I, I once heard this, man, that the way we administer money, the way we administer our time, the way we administer all these things that are important to us, we also have a responsibility to administer pain. 100%. You know, the way we administer it, when we go through hardships, what do we learn from it? What do we get from it? And how do we become better people through that? And you said right now, man, it really changed something in you. What were some of the outlooks? What were some of the things that really just changed for you going through that? It could be worse. It could, it could be worse. Yeah. You know, I think we always look at our situation like, man, this sucks. But it always could be worse. Yeah. There's always people going through something worse, you yeah. know? So in that aspect, I think looking looking for a positive in the negative. Yeah. You know, be the light to the darkness. Yeah. You know, because most people just rather look at the darkness and be like, well, that's that's what I got, you know? No, yeah. it's not what you have. Like, go look for that light. Like there, there there's a light somewhere, it's just you have to find it. Yeah. If yeah. you're not willing to find it, it's not gonna find you. Yeah. It can either make you bitter or better. Hundred percent, you know, yeah. and, and I think it's a lot easier to be bitter than better. Yeah, you know, yeah. And so when when so finally, what happened after that year? You went through the treatment. So what happened? You finally um, was the recovery process. Well, what happened? Did the doctor take you off? Yeah, I mean, I still so with the kind of cancer that I had, I still have to take a medication for the rest of my life. Yeah, but that's fine. You know, I take that; it keeps my cancer at bay. So I'm in full remission. But the thing yeah. is, now it's how do I spread a message of, of living a healthy life, you know? And, and I, this may bother some people, but like I said, I don't really care, you know, <laughs> in that aspect, I don't mind the body positivity movement and all that. Like I want everybody to be comfortable in their skin. Yeah. But when you're pushing, being obese is, is all right. That's, that's, that's wrong. It's a dangerous message. It's dangerous because yeah. at the end of the day, I, I support you being happy in your skin and all that, Yeah. but I don't support people telling other people to be like, it's all right to be obese. Yeah. It's not all right to be obese. You health, heart conditions, diabetes, all this stuff. That's yeah. not all right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I, I, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because there's always, we live in a culture, man, where everything is pushed to an extreme. hundred percent. And I think that's what's so dangerous is that we have no balance, man. We need to have a balance where I get why that body positivity and all that, like why it's a thing. I get it because 100%. it has been to a point where people do shame people. Yeah, that's where, not right. Where they're, you know, where you do have people that have built low self-esteem, that have gone into depression, that have gone into um, anxiety because of the way they look, but because of the people who surrounded them, the way they made them feel. I get that. Let's, you know, the bullying and everything. I get that. Like, there's a level to address to that. But 100%, I agree with you with that, man, is that you can't, we we can't say that, hey, don't do that, and then turn around and say, and also say, yeah, and you know what? As a matter of fact, it's okay to be this way. Yeah. Because then you're spreading a dangerous message. Yeah. You know, you're, like you said, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, man. And then we don't factor in genetics. We don't factor in... You know, what type of diseases your your family genes might carry. You know what I mean? Preventative or, care. Or what our kids are looking at. Us. Or what our kids, exactly. If your kids see you slamming cheeseburgers every day and yeah. french fries, and what are they going to do? They're yeah. going to go do the same thing because, oh, my dad does it. He's fine. Yeah. He's all right with himself. Exactly. And th there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to 
be like that, that's fine. But just think of the repercussions that's going to come from that, you know? Exactly. Because you're not just... You're not just leading yourself. You're leading people that look up to you. you yeah. know? I'm not saying go be a buff bodybuilder. I'm just saying right. be healthy. Be healthy. Make healthier options. Make healthier choices in your life. You yeah. know? I don't I don't I don't mind. If you want to be overweight, that's fine. Yeah. But don't push it on other people because other people are gonna live by that. They're gonna die by that. Yeah. And especially they're gonna die by that if they if they're following people that are yeah. obese and they're Oh, I, I'm comfortable in my skin. I want you to, I want everybody to be comfortable yeah. in their skin, but don't push negativity onto other people. Yeah. That's negativity. Exactly. Exactly. And so going, going kind of back a little bit to where, you know, the opportunity came to be a gym owner, yeah. you know, after having that talk with, uh, with Miguel and, and going into that, how was that, man? You, you know, you, you, you said, you told your wife, you're like, Hey, we're going to do this. This is what I want to do. Talk about that. What was the process like? Man, it, it was stressful. You know, I, I think that the idea of opening a business and the idea of having a business yeah. is, is cool. It's badass. Yeah. People look at me and they're yeah. like, man, you're lucky. I'm like, no, I'm not lucky. I'm just I'm just going down a different path. Than yeah. You, you know, it, this path may not be easy. I, you know, I don't wake up every morning and say, man, I'm, I'm so excited to deal with everybody's problems. <laughs> I'm not. But in a sense, that's a responsibility I took yeah. of being a business owner, you yeah. know? Man, it was, it was hard. You know, it, it took us a long time to find a building, to build it out, to do that. We went through the worst time of our lives. Everybody, 2020, that was, that was rough for a lot of people. So you, started, so you started the gym in 2020. So we purchased our franchise two weeks before the world completely shut down. My goodness. Yeah. So that was stressful, very stressful. Everybody was doubting. And me, I'm very optimistic. I'm like, no, we'll we'll be out of this in two months, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> two years later, you know, but I don't I don't look at that and be like, man, poor me. You know, I look at it and I'm like, I'm ready to open another one. Why? Because I went through the hardest freaking time I, I ha yeah. to open this. Oh man, this is this next one's gonna be easy. I went through all those struggles and I I learned from those things. Yeah. Now I'm like, let, let's do it again. You know. <laughs> and my wife's like, you're crazy. You know. <laughs> and yeah. And so talk about talk a little bit about that, man, because I think that um, a lot of people, you know, when they think about opening up a business, you know, and they think of entrepreneurship, they think it's just it's just getting up and doing it. But talk a little bit about what the process was like. You know, I know you talked. You said right now the search for the building. But even like the legal structure and everything, if you don't mind, like, you know, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about yeah. all that stuff, because I think those are things that I, we want to, we want to hear. And yeah. I think we need to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's very lengthy. You have to open a corporation an LLC. You got to, you have to put those processes in place before you even start thinking about, Hey, let me open a business, you know, yeah. cause you have to legally protect yourself right. before you jump into something. Yeah. And then being a young entrepreneur, you know, I'm, I'm 31. People, these landlords would look at me and be like, oh, you're just a young kid. How are you going to do this? How and are you going to do Especially that? in Hollywood. Yeah. They look at me, oh, you're just another kid trying to open up a gym. Yeah. So that was their thing. Oh, just another gym. But in a sense, you know, it was, it was great for me because I wanted that. I want that hardship. I want that doubt. Yeah. You know, in a sense, I was, I was doubted my whole life. Oh, you're... You'll be all right. You, yeah. You'll figure, you know. <laughs> but now being an adult, like I, I look forward to that 
people underestimating me. Yeah. So I'll be like, oh, just wait. Yeah. Just wait for what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? And then when you, and when you started all that, like incorporating the business and, and um, starting the LLC and everything, did you have, did you know right off the back how to do it or did you get advice? Did, was the buying into the franchise, was that part of the package deal to help you with that? Um, I mean, so we had to form an LLC before we, before we opened the gym, before we purchased the franchise, yeah. but you know, it was, it was all brand new to me, you know? So yeah. obviously I would turn to people for guidance and ask them and this and that, but at the end of the day, it's all on you. Yeah. You know, it's, there's help, but no one's going to really help you go through the struggles. Yeah. There's so many struggles we deal with, not only opening a business, but running a business. You know, people mm-hmm. don't understand, like they just look at, we get this all the time. Oh, you're lucky you own a business. <laughs> no, it's, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate to own my own business. Yeah. But now I have the cost of opening a business. I have yes. the, co- the overhead of owning a business. I have to deal with other people's problems, yeah. you know, and I don't mind that. But don't say I'm lucky. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and don't say don't say it's luck, and don't think that you know that it it's something that's just handed. You no. know, because like you said, man, it's like all that you know, and that's why I I have the most uh, uh, I have so much respect for business owners. I have so much respect for restaurant owners and you know people that uh, establish themselves within a city because you know, man, it takes so much work. It takes so much work in structuring that business. It yeah. takes so much work in the legalities of the of running that business, the accounting of that business, you know, the um, you know, the hassle, the customers, yeah. the you know, so much that goes into it, you know, and it and and that's why like it it's it's like, man, you know what? People get mad where it's like, man, you know, like the the rich or the business owners, man, they get all these tax breaks, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, they should. Yeah, they I should mean, because you have no idea what goes into what they do. Well, so it goes down to the fact that, hey, employees should be paid more. I, I believe that. You know, I, I like to take care of my employees. Yeah. But the employee's not taking the risk. Exactly. The employee's not taking out the debt. They're not taking out the overhead. Yeah. What happens if the business fails? You just go find another job. What yeah. happens if you're the business owner? Yeah. You got the repercussion of paying that debt back, yeah. figuring out how am I going to do this? You know. So in that sense, yes, the the owner of the company should be making the majority of the profit because they're putting the majority of the of risk. The risk. In, exactly. You know? So yeah. without the risk, that business wouldn't have been there. That job wouldn't have been there for you to get paid what you get paid. Exactly. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And a lot of people don't see that, man. And and um, and so t- tell us a little bit about, you know, how it's been, you know, going through. So you went through 2020, the roughest yeah. shutdown and everything, man. You know, what were your what were you and your wife thinking during that time, man? She would always ask me, like, is this really going to happen? And I would look at her stone face. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Deep down inside, I was like, is this going to happen? Like, yeah. so, but I had to be that rock in that situation and be like, it's going to happen. Don't worry. Because yeah. if I started to say, I don't know if it's going to happen, she was, she'll start being like, man, if he doesn't believe in it, should I keep believing in it? Yeah. You know? So in that aspect, I had to be real strong, you know, but in a sense, you know, I was, I was going through it too, you yeah. know, like I would come home sometimes looking for buildings, looking for this, trying to deal with this. She didn't know this until we opened, but I would take a shower and so I'd I'd cry just because I I didn't know what the heck was going to happen. Yeah. But I'm a shit talker. So I talk shit to myself. <laughs> I'm like, "Sack it up. You know, you you'll you'll be all right. You'll yeah. figure it out." Yeah. 
was I going to figure it out that moment? No, but I had to get my stuff together yeah. and be like, be the rock, yeah. you know? And that was just kind of like an emotional outlet for you, 100%. man. 100%. You know, and I think that that's, and thank you so much for sharing that and being transparent about that because I think a lot of times as men, we don't, we don't, we think that, what do I do with these emotions? Yeah. You know, when stress starts bottling up, when doubt starts trying yeah. to overcome, you know, and, and sometimes, man, like, that's all you can do yeah. is... Yeah, you can lean on people, but sometimes, man, you just got to shed yeah. those tears. And I, I think that's something that we're talking about, and that goes back to the emotional intelligence, yeah. you know, of being able to let those emotions out. If, if you don't let those those tears out, that that crying is good for men. You know, it's good to let it out. I'm not saying go, go down the street and cry. I'm just saying. <laughs> Walk find, around. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. find a space where you yeah. feel comfortable enough to yeah. let that out. You know, it, it's crazy. This is going on about three weeks, almost a month ago. So we lost our dog. Mm. So um, our gate malfunctioned. He got out and he, he was hit by a car. Oh, man. And at that moment, we hadn't even had him for a year. He was a puppy still. You know, um, I think the hardest thing was seeing him. And I'm such a hard person that I just hold my, my emotions in and yeah. we'll, we'll get through it. Um, uh, lucky enough, a, a couple found him and called us and Said, hey man, I found your dog. Yeah. They were nice enough to, hey, let me go get a blanket, cover him up. And when they left, they walked away. I turned turned around and I forced myself to cry. I, I brought it up, brought it up from my stomach and said, I I need to get this crap out yeah. of here. Tears were just flowing. Yeah. In that sense, it was probably one of the most gratifying feelings because I was able to let it out. Yeah. Instead of just holding it in and just being tough. Yeah. Um, it was it was hard, you know, um, but we have to let those those tears, those feelings out, in a safe space. Yeah, that's one of the most. That's one of the most masculine things to do. Hundred percent. You know, I really believe that with all my heart. I was always taught, you know, no men don't cry. Yeah. You know, men, you know, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, you suck it up, you know, and you just go through it. Don't ever let anyone else. See what you're going through. Don't ever, don't ever let anyone see your emotions. That was, that's the way that I was brought up with that machismo. And in a way, it does help. But then, you know, and I shared a little bit about that earlier, is that you get to a point where, you know what, your the emotions become so much. They become so much that, you know, eventually what people do is they either they either break under those emotions or they turn those emotions into negative emotions, anger. which is anger. Yep. And that's one of the most common emotions, you know, that men like to yeah. use is like, you know what, I feel this, you know, I'm just going to lash out in anger. And I always say that's that's toxic masculinity. There's nothing wrong with being a strong male. I think yeah. we need more strong males yeah. in our community. But toxic masculinity is taking your emotions and turning it into anger and lashing out at other people. Yeah. That's toxic. That's toxic. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing toxic about being a strong male, about being a strong figure. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But what is wrong with it is if you turn that into anger or hate or this yeah. and that, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, I, and it's funny because that's exactly what's happening, you yep. know, in today's culture is that, you know, they're, they're trying to fight one thing with, an, with something negative, yeah. you know, which is, you know... Um, turning those emotions into bad emotions yeah. because it's like no we we should be able to you're right we should we shouldn't um, 
we shouldn't structure ourselves, we shouldn't structure our lives or emotions, you know, to a point where, you know, we feel we can control. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what we're teaching is that, you know what, you, whatever you're feeling, you know, it's okay to be angry about. Whatever you're feeling, it's okay to, you know, to hurt another person, you know what I mean, with your words, regardless of the consequences. Instead of teaching people to say, man, you know what, let's be emotionally intelligent yeah. about this, about what we're feeling, about what we're going through. Let's sit down and let's have a conversation about yeah. this. Let's conversate about it, you know. But what we're teaching is that, you know, the first emotion that comes to you, you just blurt it out. You yeah, just blurt yeah. out whatever it is that you want to do without, you know, having, without the accountability of yeah. like, hey, I'm responsible for what I'm going to say. For my actions. If it's toxic or not. And that's a big thing. We had recently recorded one where it's like we talked about toxicity. Yeah. You know, we talked about toxic red flags in relationships. And we live in a culture, man, where it's like it's it's almost cool to be toxic. You no, know? that's that's terrible. I don't want toxic people in my yeah. life. No matter what it is, you know, and I think whether it be politics, your anything what it may be, they're trying to divide us. They're trying to divide the yeah. culture. Instead, in reality, ninety to ninety five percent of people are really good people. Mm -hmm. They're just focusing on the bad. Exactly. You know, in that sense, I don't care what you believe politically. Yeah. We are Americans. We can believe what we want. Exactly. But what's toxic is telling somebody what they believe is wrong. Yeah. Or because you believe that you're a bad person. Exactly. I don't I don't care what you believe yeah. in. I don't care what religion you are, what yeah. sexual preference you are. I don't care. Yeah. Just don't push it on me and and tell me I'm wrong because I believe a certain way. Exactly. There's, there's nothing wrong with believing what you believe in. Yeah. That's why I joined the military, because we live in the best country in the world. Yeah. Because you can, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do what you yeah. want. You know, in that sense, we should respect other people. And that's yeah. what's lacking in this world right now, respect, respect. for other people. Yeah. You know? A hundred percent, man. And I'm so glad that you brought that out, man, because, again, it's not to bring a... a uh, I don't like to get into politics. I hate, it. I hate it, man. I, it's it's especially what 2020 did, man. It oh, was man. just it's just ugly, ugly. But I remember, man, when um, that was. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember um, at that time where I was working at. You know, we I became really good friends with. Um, uh, shout out to my. He's a he's actually a combat vet. He's okay. A, he was in the army, and um, shout out to Will, man. I love him. He's 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 my brother. And then, um, but he's, you know, he's a white male. And then we had uh, uh, my friend Cortland Thompson, shout out to Cortland. And we worked together. And yeah. I remember, man, I remember looking at them and saying, look, you know what, man, things are, and it was before things just got weird. Yeah. You know, and I said, look, man, whatever happens, this is our reality. Yep. This is the reality that we need to look at. They're going to try to show us, a com and, and it's crazy because it was like right before you know, uh, before things just got real crazy. But I remember telling them, look, this is our reality. A Mexican, a white guy, and a black guy, we're good friends. Yeah, That's our reality. Let's not let anyone tell us different because maybe I believe something or you believe something or something. The reality is, how do we treat each other? Exactly. How do we, how is our friendship? How are all those things? And we looked at each other, we're like, yeah, that's true. And you know what? I'm so glad. It, it was like something that, it was almost prophetic, man, yeah. because as soon as that happened, like a few days later, things just went crazy. 
emotions went through the roof everywhere throughout the entire country, man. And I remember we we went back and we revisited that. And I said, man, remember, guys, remember when we talked about that? You know, but thankfully, man, our friendship was strong. Yeah. Our friendship endured all that. We, you know, we're able to, to, you know, to close off to all that, man. And because that's what it's about, Chris. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's about, like you said, it's not about what you believe. It's not about how you vote. It's not about any where you live or any no. of that. It's about if you're able to treat me with respect and not push whatever it is that you want to yeah. push on me, and we're able to get along and hold the conversation, that's what it's about. It's, it's being a decent and, human and being. And it's not about pushing your views on somebody. Yeah. Because if, if we're friends and we can talk, you can believe completely different of what I believe, yeah. right? But it's having, going back to emotional intelligence, the emotional intelligence to respect what that other person is is viewing and yeah. how they view things. There's nothing wrong with it. You can believe this. I can believe that. We should be able to have a conversation, a civil conversation, without yelling at each other and yeah. saying, you don't believe what I believe in, screw you. That's not right. Yeah. You know, we should all be able to, to believe what we want yeah. and have conversations about it without getting violent, yeah. without getting toxic, yeah. toxic masculinity. Let's, let's fight because you don't believe what I believe in. Yeah. No, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. That should be yeah. frowned upon. And it, and it is frowned upon. Yeah. But nowadays, everything is, you don't believe what I believe? Well, that hurts my feelings. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I can believe what I want. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't go in your house and tell you how to live your life. Yeah. We should all be able to believe what we want. And your feelings are just as valid as my feelings, you yeah. know? So in that sense, we should believe what we want. Don't push it on people. Yeah. You know, just live your life. Yeah. Live your life with pure intentions and pure intentions will come back to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent, man. That was, that, that was good right there, man. I, it just, we didn't even plan that. No, <laughs> you know, we, didn't, we really did it because, I mean, it just, but it's so important that that we get that message across, um, you know, to people, to, to viewers and to whoever's going to listen to this, man, that, because that's part of why we do offbeat podcasts, yeah. man, is that, you know what, we're, that it's okay to have conversations. It's yeah. okay to have, you know, different views, different, different, dis- we can even disagree on things, but at the end of the day, it's about being a decent human being. And spreading love, not hate. Exactly. There needs to be more love in this world because hate is is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're hating blindly. That's blindly. what's scary. Well, we're we're believing something that we see. Yeah. And then just hating off of that. Yeah. That's you know? what's so scary. Exactly. You know, I can understand if, you know, somebody does something directly to you and then you have trouble with that and maybe there's unforgiveness and, and, and I get that. That's a whole different issue. But when you take something, you know, and you actually personalize it, and that's what's so, so um, powerful, man, about marketing. Yeah. You know, we talked about a little bit about this earlier about content. There's so much, the power of content. There's yeah. so much good content out there, but there's so much bad content out there too. And everybody views it. You and know? everyone. And, and, and that's why when we put content out, we put it out of our intentions, not, not trying to push a message, not trying to push anything, just promoting ourselves. You know, like if you're promoting yourself, there's nothing wrong with that, but just know there may be grandmas looking at it. There may be seven year old kids looking at it. Yeah. What message are you preaching to that? Are you preaching toxicity? Are you preaching bad morals, bad values? Mm -hmm. Because if, if so, 
you're you're shaping young minds. You you may be shaping older minds. You know you yeah. you have to be very methodical on how you put the things out because you never know who's looking nowadays. Yeah, you know? that's so good. That's so good. We have to have responsibility. One hundred percent. We have to take responsibility for, and that was one of the things that I I was so scared about when starting this podcast was man what type of message do I want to put out there? Yeah. You know, and because I, for the same reason, you know, I, we grew, we're nineties baby. I'm a nineties baby too. You know, so we, we grew up a little bit different and I'm not saying that we grew up better or worse. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's up in the air, you know what I mean? All that. But I did grow up in that era where, you know what, you do take responsibility for your actions, you know, what you do, what you say, you know, does have a consequence, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Well, I mean, back in the day, you, your consequence can be getting beat up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, it's different, you know? Yeah. So in that aspect, yeah. I think it's taking responsibility and, and really being able to own up to what you're doing. And most people don't want to own up to what yeah. they're doing or their mistakes, yeah. you know? And, and that's the biggest thing, being able to own what you're doing and what you're saying. Yeah. You know, because I don't want to look back 10 years and be like, damn, I said that? You know, yeah, like in, yeah. that, in that sense, we got to be... Be authentic of what we're pushing yeah. out, you know. Yeah, and is that and is that kind of the your philosophy even as a business owner with with your with your employees with your trainers? Yeah, so in a sense, I, I hate when because they're not employees; they're business partners. They're all independent contractors. Yeah. They're all running their own business, so they're not employees to me. Some of them call me, "What's up, boss? I'm not your boss, man. I'm your <laughs> business partner." You know, so in that aspect, I like that. I like that. I'm not above you. I'm not below you. I'm right next to you. So yeah. let's fight together for for the common goal of what we want to do. You know. So in in that aspect, um, people that truly know me, what I put out there is is who I am. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not apologetic. You know, because of who I am, I'm not going to be apologetic of of who I am. Yeah. I may some people may not like me, and that's fine with me. You know, but yeah. I know my core values and who, what I truly put out there is what I am. Yeah. And the people that know me, they're like, oh, yeah, that's Chris. Yeah. Or some people may be like, oh, that's that douchebag with tattoos and this and that, yeah. like buff guy. <laughs> and that's funny, you know, because we, we make assumptions and predictions on people before we even meet them. Yeah. Like I laughed. My wife was like, oh, I thought you were too cool for school. You had tattoos. You were <laughs> this buff guy. And I said, how did you How did you see me when, once you actually talked to me? She's like, you're still too cool for school. And, and I laugh. <laughs> we make jokes. But in that sense, I, I'm just me. You know, I'm yeah. not... I'm not being apologetic for being me. You know, yeah. I'm just being true to who I am. Yeah. And putting out what I want to put out, you know. And is yeah, and is that and is that the culture that you're trying to build even within the gym? 100%. I want people to be their true self and and be able to be them, you know. And yeah. I don't judge people on who they are because that's who they are. Yeah. They they went they walked a different path than I did. Yeah. I can't judge them just because they did a different path. Right. But it's it's who they are. So let me support them and what they're doing and vice versa. It'll come back to me. The support will come back. You yeah. Know? And that's part of like being able to see the good in people, right? Being able to see the the positive, the positive within them. And and that's what's so cool about I, I love honestly self-made. I love self-made yeah. training facilities, man. Is there's a there's a awesome culture, you know. Yeah. I've I mean I've you know the people that I follow from other parts and and here in Redlands and then I, I've been checking you guys out right there in uh in Hollywood, man. And man, I love the I love I love the culture that you guys build there, man. And and you you guys truly stand by what you're saying, man, is yeah. that you there is a culture there of like, you know, the trainers are who they are, you yeah. know, and 
the clients that go there, that's why I like to go. I yeah. like to go here because, you know, it's a place where you can go and you could truly just, you know, be there to train, yeah. be there to be yourself, man. And you see the the authenticity, man, behind it. But you feeling know? comfortable in the space, you know, and that's yeah. that's my biggest thing. I want everybody of every walk of their fitness life to feel comfortable, whether you've never walked in a gym or whether you've been in a gym for 20 years. Yeah. I want every single person to feel comfortable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so cool, man. And what, what other, what, what advice would you give to people that, that say, man, you know what, I'm, I'm on this journey right now. I'm thinking about opening up my business. I'm thinking about being, uh, you know, working for myself, you know, taking yeah. that step of, you know, leaving the nine to five or something. What advice would you give to them? Being true to you, you know, don't, don't stray off your path because somebody doubts you. Mm. If so, if I listen to everybody's doubt, I wouldn't open a gym. I wouldn't have done half of the things yeah. I did, but I believe so much in what I wanted to do yeah. that I didn't stray. So if you truly want to do what you want to do, figure out processes and procedures of how to get there, but things are going to happen to you. Yeah. They're going to happen to you. Yeah. But it's your perspective on how they happen. Yeah. Did it happen to me or did it happen for me? Yeah. If it happened for you and you're looking at it like that, okay, cool. How do I learn from this and take take these lessons and implement it into what you're what you're gonna do? Yeah. And how important is it for like for the ones that are still at their nine to five? What advice would you give like to you know, maybe they, it's maybe in their five-year plan, their 10-year yeah. goal, you know, to one day be in business for themselves. What advice would you give to them, you know, that maybe they're there, they're just graduating college or they're graduating high school or they're in the military and they're thinking about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What would you speak into them as far as what they should be doing now in building so that they can get to that point where they want to be? I think the best advice that I can give anybody is set out a plan and stick to that plan, you know, because most people are going to get straight off that plan because it's hard. It's hard. You know, yeah. everything's hard. Life's hard. Marriage is hard. Business is hard. Yeah. Do you just give up because it gets hard? No. I'm. Yeah. If, if my marriage is, and we're going through something, what am I going to just throw my hands up? No, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to figure it out. Yeah. It's the same thing with business. Are you just going to throw your hands up or are you going to actually figure out a solution to get through this problem and get through it? with your head up. You know, yeah. I think the biggest thing is people are so easy to put their head down and say, man, this was hard. You yeah. Know, I, you know, you don't want to look back 10 years and be like, man, I wish, I, I wish I wouldn't have give up. Yeah. You know? And I, I think it's, it's speaking things to an existence. You know, I, my wife laughs at me. I want to <laughs> drive a Rolls Royce ghost. Right. And I will. My three year plan is to own a ghost. It's not when I, when I do it, it's, yeah. it's when it happens, yeah. oh, it's going to happen. It's just yeah. set a goal and work towards that goal. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. Yeah, so it's 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 being able to see, have a vision, but then working towards it. Exactly. And I love that you say that because, you know, that's one of the things that I always, um, when we talk with people and, and, you know, we share and we'll just conversate, that's one of the things that I always tell people is that, man, you know what? A lot of times, you know, we 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 have desires to want to yeah. do something or start something, but a lot of times we don't look at where we're currently at. You know, yeah. there's people that are at that job right now, but they don't even put in their work there. Yeah. You know, they don't. And I always tell them, man, focus on, you know, focus on building 
a sick, crazy work ethic yeah. there. Yeah. You know, because if you don't learn how to build a, a work ethic here, what makes you think that, you know, that that's going to be your outlet? Yeah. You know, it's 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 impossible because if you don't know how to put in the work here now, if you're not building that work ethic here, you know what I mean? When you start your business or 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 not even that sometimes or sometimes like, you know, you're in that nine to five, you're, you, you have that job. But then, you know, you're not managing your money right. No. You know, you have a, like you I like, that's why I like so much what you said. You know, you have a plan. You stick to the plan. Because yeah. if you have a plan and you say, man, this is what I want in five years. I'm, I'm here at this corporate yeah. job. I'm here at this retail store. Or I'm here, you know, with my parents, whatever. You know what I mean? But my goal is to get a house. Or my goal is to start a business. But then, you know, Friday night comes, you cast a check and you blow it in that yeah. weekend. You go party, you go drink it all out. And the thing is, people may laugh like, oh, you, you just want a material thing. Maybe, but that's what I want. That's what yeah. I truly look at that. I'm like, oh, that, that's what I yeah. want. So I'm going to work my butt off to get to where I can be in that situation to be like, oh, I can afford that. Because yeah. in reality, I can go, I can go get a loan on a, on a Rolls Royce right yeah. now and pay for it. Is that going to help me right now while I'm growing my business? No, it's just going to be an added expense that I don't need. Yeah. I could go do it. I can go go pull out a loan and do it. But yeah. I want to be able to be so comfortable in my life that it's like, oh, that money, oh, there's no big deal. It's fine. It's just my yeah. car payment. You know? And some people may look at that like, oh, that's selfish. No, it's, it's something that I want in life. Yeah. So I'm going to work, work towards it. It yeah. may not happen in that three years. It may happen in two years. It may happen in four years, but it's going to happen. Yeah. It's... It's all about the perspective that you have in life. If you're yeah. just like, oh, if this happens, then you're already setting yourself up for failure because you're like, if it happens. Yeah. No, you, you say, when this happens, I'm going to be in this position. Yeah. You know? I love that. I love that. And I love how you say, you even brought that point out where it's like, I could do it right now. Yeah. You know, if I want to, I can do it. And I think that that's, uh, I, I, let's call it, maybe it is one of the mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs make. It's not one. It's it's the, the mistake. Yeah. People want to be here because they think, oh, I, I own this business. Yeah. Oh, I got to drive this car. I got to do this. If that's what you feel, yeah. that's fine. But I know my money's going to work a lot harder if I keep it in my business and I go open another location. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Maximizing what you have. Of course. And I think a lot of times we don't, you know, that's one thing that I've been learning a lot these past few years is maximizing what we have, you yeah. know, is what is it that's in my hands right now? And how is it that I can make the most of it? You know, do I go and buy a, you know, do I go and buy a second home, you know, or do I maximize the space that I have now? You know, how can I maximize what I have in my hands right now instead of going and, you know, what if I can maximize what I have right now and, 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 you know, and at that moment go and hire more employees yeah. to help me grow this business, you know, and instead we make sometimes financial decisions yeah. that, are actually, without us knowing, are hurting us. They make us look better, but they could be hurting us at that moment. You just said it. I think everybody's trying to flex, trying to, oh, look, I could go yeah. get that Rolls Royce <laughs> and put it on my store, and people are like, damn, he's balling. Yeah, but yeah. in reality, no, I'm not. I'm just balling for Instagram, balling for yeah. content, balling for this. Yeah. But in that aspect, build your life and then ball out. You know, yeah. People just try to ball too quick. They want to yeah. be that baller right now. Yeah. They want to... They want people to look at them a certain way. Yeah. No, man. Yeah. Screw what other people think. Do you yeah. be true to yourself? Yeah. It will come. I guarantee you. But stay on your path. Yeah. It's kind of like <laughs> right now when you said that, it's kind of like that guy that, uh, I don't know if you've seen a man on, on social media. I think he calls himself Hard Rock Nick. 
Uh, I don't know if I've seen, if I've seen him. <laughs> I'll send you the videos. Yeah. Like, he's he's a trip, man. He has a he has a crazy following and stuff. But he's like, he kind of started that. He's like, oh, so you think I'm fake flexing? Yeah. And he's oh, like, I, does he have a beard? And all? He has like a beard, yeah, funny that. design yeah. and everything. But we, me and my friends, we always clown on that, man, yeah. because it's true, man. Like you know, we're. We'll take we'll we'll do random things and then we'll send it to each other. But oh, so you think I'm fake flexing? Yeah, huh? you're flexing for views and for yeah. content, and that's fine if that's how you're making money. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But in a sense, that flex is gonna run out. Yeah. The flex will always run out yeah. if you're not looking at your next move. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you hit the head on the nail right there, man. Because that's exactly because that's what we're focusing on right now. Is that we're it's not so much like hey, you know, it's for the content or it's for this. It's it's about being using practical it's practical advice practical wisdom yeah you know if you're really if you really want to build a business if you really want to build something if you have a goal in mind you know the little decisions that you make do matter sacrifices come along with owning a business yeah we have not taken a dime from our business and we've been we're going on our year mark Right. Man. I could have started taking money, but I said, let me just put it in. Let me work a little bit. Let me side hustle, get yeah. some money that way so I can keep my business up and running and thriving so that in a year I could take some money from my business. Love you it. know, so it's putting in the work. Most people don't want to put in the work. Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes in. People see see people and they're like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. But did they see the come up to that? Yeah. Everybody sees our CEO and they're like, he drives these badass whips and yeah. this and that. And that's cool. Yeah. But they just see that. They didn't see the progression to how he got there yeah. or the the money management of how he got there. There's so many yeah. things that you can tax advantages and putting things under your business. And so what I'm going to do in two years, my business is going to pay for my car. Yeah. I'm going to be good because my business is going to pay for it and it's going to be a write-off. So you have to strategically put these things in place yeah. so that they work for you. Yeah. Not against you. Yeah, I love that, man. And I, because I'm, I do taxes during tax yeah. season. That's one of my side hustles. Yeah. That's what I do. And, and that's what I, my, my thing is I love educating people. 100%. You know, and I think that that's one of the things why, and I'm, it's not, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I feel that's why I've been able to, to grow my client base so yeah. much because I don't just do their taxes for them. I truly educate them. Yeah. You know, I put a different spin on the customer service aspect of it where it's like, no, like, you ever have any questions, you ever, have questions about write-offs or anything like that, man, I will work with you. Yeah. And that's one of the things I always tell people. I always tell people, set yourself up. Yeah. Set yourself up. You know, so many people, that's why a lot of people in 2020, they were able to set themselves up for good success yep. because they had a track record in 17, 18, 19, 20. They had the side hustle and they said, you know what? I'm going to open the LLC. Yeah. I'm going to be a sole proprietor. I'm going to start reporting this. And what happened to them is that they were able to take advantage of all the opportunities oh, yeah. that 2020 gave them. And they were able to use that as a springboard to their new business ventures and all that because- we don't, we, sometimes we ignore the little things. Oh yeah. We ignore them so much. We ignore not just the little things, but we ignore the opportunities that are in front of us. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to get around people, you know, that are opening gyms, that are opening businesses, that are in real estate, that are on these things. You know, sometimes we could be so intimidated or we live in a culture where we know it all, but yeah. the truth is, man, like it's okay not to know it all. No, but the, the thing is, if you hang out with five broke broke people, you're going to be the sixth. 
Mm. If you hang out with five wealthy people, you're going to become the sixth wealthiest person, right? Yeah. So in that sense, you have to surround yourself around people that are where you want to be at. Mm. And then once you get to that level, okay, let me find five more people that they're at the level that I want to be yeah. at next, you know? And that can be translated sometimes as as bad, right? Sometimes people can say, look at them, and like, oh, they... Oh, they think they're better now. No, it's it's not looking better. And I, I think this can go in every aspect. Yeah. When you're a kid, if you're hanging out with five athletes, you're going to be the sixth athlete. Yeah. If you're hanging out with five gangbangers, you're going to be the sixth gangbanger. Yeah. So it, it's not just in business. It's not... It's everywhere. But yeah. we don't think about those things when we're young. We yeah. just think about, like, oh, those are my homies. Yeah. Are they truly your homies or are they yeah. going to lead you down a path that you probably shouldn't be going down. Exactly. You know? Yeah, man. Love it, dude. This is gold, bro. Yeah. This is gold, man. And um, man, and there's a we got a got a little bit little bit of time left, man. So what are what are some of the things that you maybe you say, man, this was probably one of my biggest regrets? Honestly, I don't I don't I don't regret things that I that I went through or that happened to okay. me or because th- those things happen for me. Yeah. We always go back to it. It, it happened for yeah. me. You know, those, those bad things happen for me. Yeah. Bad relationships happen for me so yeah. that I can lead me to my wife right now and that I could be the best human that I can be for her. Yeah. Or these bad investments happen for me so that I can set myself up for this amazing investment. Yeah. It's, it's just all perspective. Like we can regret everything that we go through. Yeah. I can regret getting a ticket. I can regret this. <laughs> I can regret that. But yeah. if you live your life with regrets, it's just going to be a victim mentality. Yeah. Or if you look at him like, man, that, that sucked. I'm not going to say like, I regret that. It sucked. It was a bad time. Of course. But I'm glad it happened so that I can learn from that mistake. Yeah. Move forward. Because yeah. if you if you keep repeating that mistake, it's gonna be over. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that, man. I love that. So living life, man. Understanding that living life. What I kind of take away from it is living life and understanding that things are gonna happen. Hundred percent. And a lot of those things might be ugly. A lot of those things might be beautiful. But at the end of the day, it's it's about the lessons we learn from them. Yep. Right. It's about those lessons that we learn because. Man, I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, might be drowning in, in a pool of regrets, you know, and and I know that, you know, I we talked a little bit about that, um, about my story a little bit where, man, that was that was me for a long time. Yeah. You know, I lived I lived in, with so much regret, so much guilt, you know, so much shame, you know, but when I was able to finally, you know, say, you know what, am, am I going to stay this way? You know, am I, I going to take on a victim mentality and play the blame game or am I going to take responsibility for this and say, you know what? No, if I need to get help, I'm going to get help. Your perspective changed. Once that changed, I guarantee your life changed completely. It did. It really did, man. It really did. And I know that I, I I hope so many people hear that. I do too. I really do because I, man, you know, the world is so, is so beautiful. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, as, as much as, Social media and even the news and everything might say it is what it is. And we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We really don't. But I think the biggest thing is being able to live in the present. Yeah. You know, having goals and having those ambitions in mind always, you know, and and always living with purpose. But understanding, man, that, you know what, we got to be able to just embrace the moment. It's all temporary. Bad, good. It is all temporary. Things will change. It's just, are you going to change with it? Yeah. Let's go. Flexibility. Right on. Yeah, yeah man. Are we going to be, somebody once said, are we going to be, uh, 
a rubber band or yeah or what do you say are we going to be like the 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 flexible elastic or are we going to be like a rubber band where it just it just only stretches to a yep. certain point and then just snaps yeah you know we got to be flexible in 100%. life man chris man Dude, yeah, this was awesome, bro. It was awesome. Awesome, man. So up. much gold, man. And and I'm so glad I was able to get to know more about you, man. And uh, being able to know that your daddy's right there, right next yeah. door to us, Jalisco, man. Uh, shout out to everyone from Jalisco and Michoacan. And um, it was so, so nice, man. So good. And how can they find you, man? How can they find you? Even if, shout out, shout out your, you know, your social media and everything. Yeah. But some last words, last words of advice to all our viewers, man. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just just being true to yourself and not letting other people stray you from what you want to do. Everybody's going to have their opinion on what they think you should do, but what's truly going to make you happy and put you in the in the position to live a fruitful life? Mm. That everybody should be able to live a fruitful life. It's don't let other people stray you off of that path. No matter how hard they try to stray you, stay true to who you are. No matter what judgment you get. Yeah, let's go. And how can they find you on social media? Um, so my gym page is SMTF Hollywood or um, Chris underscore Alcala underscore self made. Um, give me a follow. Follow my journey. Whether you like me or not, it, it's all good. You know, I I just want to spread um, positive vibes and and be able to show that there is light to bad situations. Yeah, yeah. And you're on TikTok too, right? I'm on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So I'm gonna put all the links down on the descriptions below. And um, and I just want to thank you once again. And I want to thank all of our viewers. Thank you guys, man, for, for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Continue to keep subscribing, keep hitting the alert buttons, keep spreading this, share yeah. this with your family, with your friends. And we just want to thank all the support, all the love, all the message that we've been getting through social media, the following and everything. And we're just getting started. We're just getting started. And we know that there's so much more. We know that we have a message. I believe this with all my heart, that this is a message that needs to continue to spread. It needs to continue to go out. You know, there's young men, young women that need to hear this, man. So continue to follow us, continue to share and send us a message, man, how this has impacted you. If maybe you say, man, I have an offbeat story. My story is offbeat, man. And or if you're in the area and you say, man, how can I how can I come on, you know, to 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 spread my story, man, give us give us a follow message us. We love you guys, man. This was Off Beat Podcast. Till next time, let's go. There you go.